0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about what's happening in MarTech news this month. Joining us is Juan Mendoza, who is the author of the MarTech Weekly, which is a weekly email newsletter to help you navigate the marketing technology industry with thousands of subscribers from the world's largest companies. TMW serves as our newsletter. And today, Juan and I are going to discuss whether social media or the technology industry as a whole is dying. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of the Martech Weekly. Juan, welcome back to the Martech Podcast.
2: Hey, Ben, it's great to be here.
1: Excited to have you on the show. It's, it's been another month and we get to do a little Martech news. This was the topic that I chose today. I read your essay about what you're framing as potentially the death of social media, and I wanted to expand on that and talk about the well-being of the tech industry. First and foremost, you wrote this great piece in your newsletter about some of the troubles happening in social media. Give me a quick paraphrasing of what was in the article so everybody here gets a chance to hear it from you.
2: There's a few bits we can touch on here in terms of the topic around the death of social media and tech right now. I mean, it's a bit of a bloodbath. But the article is all about Twitter's demise in a post-social world. So you probably heard the news like everyone on the face of the planet at the moment is thinking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. I mean, he came in like a bull in a China shop. He acquired the company for $44 billion, far, far greater what it's worth now when it was publicly listed. He's taken the company private. He fired the entire executive team overnight. He asked the team that was there to start building features straight away and to ship them within a week or those development and engineering teams be fired. And then they ended up letting go off half of their workforce within, I think, seven days. And so right now, Twitter is in this like chaotic state of so much change. You know, Elon Musk, you can love him, you can hate him, but the guy does some incredible things in terms of technology. So I, it's just really chaotic time. But the article was all about couching that in the context of social media. I mean, it kind of feels like we're living in this post-social media dystopia in a way. We've got these big, massive platforms that have been around for so long. And over time, the value to the user has been decreasing and ways to hijack their attention and to waste their time has also been increasing. And so there's this interesting sort of decline in people using social media and onboarding onto social media platforms. And then, you know, those sort of legacy incumbent apps that are not really going anywhere, but then like super addictive apps like TikTok that are coming into market and really taking over the whole landscape at the moment. So I wanted to sort of take those edges and think about, well, Twitter's story right now is one story out of a really big picture Uh, around social media right now it's changing a lot in particular the past three years so the concept here was is social media dying and i hate to do this
1: i'm going to be a twitter defender or at least an elon musk defender which i feel like is going to make me very unpopular i i was on facebook of all places and a friend of mine was like here's the picture on facebook of me canceling my twitter account And I was like, why did you cancel your Twitter account? Or why are you promoting that you canceled your Twitter account? And his response was, I don't believe in the leadership. And I think that they're taking the platform the wrong way. And I just thought that publishing that on Facebook was hilarious and totally counterintuitive because I don't believe that Elon Musk is managing Twitter well. So I'm going to publish it on Mark Zuckerberg's social media platform. Seemed a little silly to me. But look, we can all get upset that the richest man in the world just bought one of the most popular communication platforms in the world, and he's firing a bunch of people. It's a story that writes itself, right? Everybody's going to be upset about this. Rich guy comes in, fires people. Everybody thinks that it's going to turn into, I think his words were, the hellscape of mean-spirited comments. Sure. That's a logical conclusion. On the flip side, if you also say private equity comes in, buys a historically mismanaged company, lays off 50% of the staff, still has the company operating and is paying $400 million less in overhead. Now, all of a sudden, the story sounds a little different. They fired 3,700 people. If the average employee made $150,000, I'm not going to do the math here, but it's hundreds of millions of dollars of savings in terms of their overhead as they're figuring out what the business is going to be and pivoting towards a different business stream. And on the flip side, we all know that the social media advertising landscape took a bullet in the forehead when Apple decided to restrict the amount of data that social media platforms and apps could have. And so those businesses are failing. Why is everyone so angry at Elon Musk and at Twitter when seemingly what he's doing is lowering expenses for a business that is changing business models that has tons of active users? What am I missing here?
2: I think it was Mark Zuckerberg back in 2012 that made a comment about Twitter. And he said that Twitter is like a clown car that fell into a gold mine. It was a social media app that didn't really have the necessary leadership for it to succeed, but somehow it became one of the most important platforms for powerful people, politicians, journalists, very successful people. You don't get that kind of audience on other social media apps, sure, Instagram potentially, but because Twitter is so focused on breaking news and thought leadership, I think there's this really unique opportunity that Elon Musk is seeing here. Hang on, hang
1: on. This is coming from the guy who just spent more money this year than it cost to fund the Apollo program to send the first man to the moon on a platform that makes it look like this virtual world we're living in is Mario Kart. So we're going to say that Mark Zuckerberg is the one who's going to tell us that Twitter was historically mismanaged. Yes, Twitter was historically mismanaged. I'm not taking it from Mark Zuckerberg, though.
2: (laughs) Well, in terms of the actual performance of both businesses when Twitter launched their IPO, they were charging the same price of the stock in the same period when Elon Musk took it private. So in terms of the actual value of the total business of Twitter, it didn't really change after all these years. And Twitter's Jack Dorsey was the part-time CEO, he was half-time at Square and he's half-time at Twitter. They never really shipped anything for many, many years. One angle on this is that the 2016 presidential elections really saved Twitter and it turned into a increasingly divisive environment because Donald Trump was on there and then it drew all this engagement and attention and all these people started joining but Twitter's been in terms of the performance of the business it's actually been more of a consequence of being in the right place in the right time having the sort of right people attracted to it and I think the short form nature of the content makes it really easy for people to join and create it's probably the easiest platform to create content on so even though we know that like what was it just yesterday Mark Zuckerberg announced 11,000 staff i think just under 20% of staff that that he's laying off after spending billions of dollars on his metaverse ambitions you know you can also say the same thing about Mark Zuckerberg there's no good options right now for social media and that's kind of the whole point of the article actually is all about there aren't really that many good options anymore. I mean, I call these kinds of platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr and Reddit, they're all in these sort of different states of decline, right? If you look at their public earnings and their their reports in terms of user growth, it's all in the decline now. You know, after years and years of user growth, they've kind of hit a wall. Let me fight you. Yes, go for it.
1: Social media is not on a decline. It's absolutely not. People use social media more now than they've ever used it before in their lives. But that's not new news, The fact that the platforms change every five to 10 years is not surprising. You know how many people used MySpace before Facebook was around? All of us. I had a banana as a cursor. It was amazing. It was wonderful. And then all of a sudden, Facebook came around, and I didn't have to customize my page because everything was static. And then it was about creating your user-generated content. And then all of a sudden, it was more visual, and Instagram came along. And guess what? We all would have been saying, oh, Facebook isn't cool anymore if they hadn't bought Instagram. But everybody migrated from Facebook to Instagram over the last five years,
2: and now we're all going to TikTok. This is not anything new. I agree with that in that the platforms are changing, but user social media adoption is growing. One really good example is YouTube. Somehow, YouTube has been able to attract the next generation and being able to onboard new users at a steady pace. I mean, YouTube is one of the most stable and one of the most rewarding for uh, content creators creators as well. They've been able to strike that balance. So I think YouTube is like one of the really stable growing platforms. TikTok is, of course, it's like crack cocaine for your mind. I mean, I'm not sure if you use it. I, I try and tell people not to because it just sucks you into a vortex. I think... People who use TikTok use it, I think, almost two times or three times more than Instagram. And so it's a, an extremely addictive platform. But you know what's different about TikTok, Ben, is that it's less focused on connecting with people and it's more about entertainment. I say TikTok is more about having a mini version of Netflix with a ton of content creators, but it's about the entertainment, right? When you're on the TikTok news feeds, it's all about serving content that's most relevant to your interests, not necessarily the people that you're connected with. So that's why TikTok is so different. And that's why I'm saying that perhaps social media is still growing in terms of the amount of people using it. But the types of social media are changing. Content consumption is becoming more important to users as opposed to actually connecting with friends and family, right? You mentioned MySpace before, Ben. You had your top eight, right? Do you remember the number one person in your top eight? please tell me you do. Pre-wife, so no, I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) Could have been a host of different people I was trying to date. I'm not sure.
2: (laughs) But you know what's interesting about the top eight? I was a teenager at that stage. I remember the amount of arguments and all kinds of controversies around, oh, you got taken out of the top eight. And that whole feature was about prioritizing which relationships are in your life. And we haven't had that since. And that's the view that I'm taking with my analysis on social media is that in the early days, MySpace was all about creativity and expressing yourself and forming relationships. Like MySpace, you know, you mentioned a banana cursor, like you can't do that with social platforms now. And the reason why MySpace didn't really take off as an ad platform was because everything was so inconsistent. It's very hard to place ads when every single person's page is very, very different stylistically. And then Facebook came along, took all that creative expression out and Instagram came in. And then the gamification of engagement became the priority for users. And so we've gone from this, over 20 years, we've gone from let's use social apps to help us build relationships to let's use social media to garner as much attention as possible. And then some recent stats that came out of surveys for young people in high schools The number one thing they want to do is be a YouTube creator, right? And when previously they wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer, but now it's all, I want to generate as much attention as possible and monetize it and do fun stuff and silly videos on these platforms, right? And so we're in this really funny shift. And I think that we're connecting with each other less, but we're never using social media platforms more. Time for a one minute break
1: to hear from our presenting sponsor, MuteNex. And I think that the big shift that's been happening and what is causing all of this is the restriction of access to data. It is in the normal course of social media websites or social media properties lifecycle to have exponential explosive growth, get a bunch of people to use the platform, put in monetization hooks, move away from organic growth towards paid growth so they're monetizing all the commercial interests And then people get sick and tired of the platform and they move to something else. We've seen this since Friendster. That's what's happening now. And it's sad for Facebook and all the people that work there. And I think that Mark Zuckerberg and co know that that's the life cycle. And we're looking at not being able to acquire the newest competitor. Right? They can't even acquire Giphy. There's so much regulation stopping them from going through any M&A activity that they have to recreate a new app, and they're just not going to start from scratch again. So they're investing all of their chips in basically becoming the technology platform so they can disintermediate from Apple and not be reliant on somebody else's platform. If they own the hardware and the ecosystem, then they own the data, and then they can continue to use the advertising, the monetization hooks that they've already built. The reason why we're seeing such tumultuous times with these big incumbent social media platforms, they don't have access to the data they used to, so they can't monetize as efficiently. Since they can't monetize as efficiently, that we've grown to scale, now we have all this overhead, but the rug was pulled out from under us, and now there's no money coming in. All of a sudden, these businesses are in deep shit. But that doesn't mean that someone like TikTok isn't gonna grow like crazy and that people aren't gonna use social media and figure out other forms of monetization. It's just not gonna be through the traditional advertising that we've seen over the last 10, 15 years. That's my feeling on the space. I think social media as a content format is not going away. It's gonna see more adoption, but these companies are gonna struggle because they have to figure out monetization again.
2: I think there's one really interesting new app that just came into market. It's called Gas, and I think it's only available in a few states in the US at the moment. But it was founded by Nikita Beer. He was a founder of, I think it was TBH, which was acquired by Meta about six years ago. And the app is growing really quickly. It topped the app store charts for social media for about three weeks in a row. They've already made about $3 million in revenue. They've got hundreds of thousands of users now using it. And it's really growing quickly. And it's just for high school students and university students. Um, you have to, obviously, when you go into the app, you have to sign up with your school and all of that kind of thing. But the way that they think about social media is all about using surveys and helping young people have like positive conversations like, oh, this girl said you had, this girl said Ben Shapiro has nice eyes, right? But the really interesting, different perspective on social media, and it's growing really quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets acquired by some of the other social media platforms, but gas is growing really quickly because I think it's solving a problem right now for people where so much of social media is about attention garnering. And it's about the fake lifestyles and it's about the hustle culture and it's about all of these different types of content which is driving engagement because that is somehow valuable to us, having thousands of Bibles on, on our, what we're doing in our lives. But gas is all about, hey, what does someone actually think about you, right? Like, maybe there's a girl in the 11th grade that thinks you're smart. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not for you, but... I don't
1: think there's ever been an 11th grader that thought I was smart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just one example, right? Like, you also got Be Real, which asks you at a specific time of day to take a photo with the front of your camera and the back to show your audience what you're doing at a specific point in time. The problem with BeReal is that it's really hard to monetize with ads, but they're growing really quickly with users because it's all about authenticity, Ben. It's all about what you're doing in your life right now instead of this curated persona or image that people tend to do on social media to game the lottery of attention. And then also Clubhouse. I mean, Clubhouse, of course, it's totally declined and nobody's really using it. But at the time, during the pandemic, Clubhouse solved a problem around connection getting people into audio chat rooms and having great conversations. And it went viral. And so that's part of my analysis is looking at where well, you've got these viral edge cases that are sort of slicing these different forms of engagement off the mass- massive platforms and doing something new and unique, but it's perhaps not enough to be a big enough platform as say Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. So I think right now there's just a lot of really interesting change. I think it's exciting, but it's also quite concerning. I mean, eleven thousand people being let go from meta that just tells you so much right now. That's
1: actually the bigger story to me. And I think that maybe we buried the headline here. Social media is it dying. Hey, great podcast title. (laughs) What I think is actually a little bit more of a landscape shift, and I actually think it's a geopolitically driven landscape shift. We're seeing the world go through separation. We were all living in a very unified world with free trade everywhere. Vladimir Putin decides that Russia is going to invade the Ukraine. China has its no COVID policy. And we've seen trade wars between the United States and China. All of a sudden, trade borders are going up left and right. We're all trying to be able to do our own production. There's problems with the semiconductor and supply chains and everybody is all of a sudden backing off from this global commerce concept like we'd seen pre-COVID. And now that we're going through this sort of separation period, I'm sure that there's another more apt way to describe this, but we're basically not living in as unified of a global economy. The economy isn't performing as well. And then what's happening is we're also seeing things like the interest rates are going up. Well, okay, the high growth businesses that are basically fueled by future profitability are less attractive where do those live those are technology companies so is it social media that's really dying or are we seeing the impact of the invasion of the ukraine of the post covid world of the fight against inflation All coming down and making technology companies less attractive because they are fueled by the speculation of future growth instead of real world right now profitability. To me, that's what the layoffs are about is Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, we overhired during COVID. No shit. So did every tech company. So my fear is that we're going to see a lot more layoffs in these tech companies and that the tech industry is going to really see a lot of consolidation. I think that's possibly the scariest thing that's happening this month is we're starting to see the bottom fall out not in terms of the tech stock prices, but the companies are starting to respond by their decreased valuations by cutting heads.
2: I think the one data point that is quite important in the understanding if social media is in decline is In the United States, kind of the birthplace of social media apps, really. But Pure Research actually done some really good research into this space. And if you look at the year-on-year growth of social media users in the United States, in the beginning, back in 2006, 2008, right through to 2009, there were these really big years of like 80% year-on-year growth rate, 60%, 40%. And then now it's hovering between 0 and 3% year-on-year growth of users actually getting on board with social media. Now, that's just running out of people, Ben. Like you can't avoid that, right? Like that's people are so familiar. I think people use on average five different social media apps throughout the year in which they're engaging online. So I would say that there's running out of people. It's like user growth needs to stop at some point. And Meta's earnings are highly impacted by user growth. I mean, the story of social media is the story of user growth. Like if you're always growing, you're always increasing either monthly active users or daily active users or total users that are onboarding onto social media. You're always going to be in a good spot, right? But now we're starting to see a decline. Like over the past two quarters, Meta's actually shown a decline in user growth. Conversely, what's quite funny about this whole situation is Elon Musk just put out some charts yesterday to say that daily active users are actually increasing on Twitter right now since he took over, right? It's like it's marginal, but it's increasing. But I agree with you that advertising on social media is a bet on future opportunity in terms of revenue and new customers and growth. And if the users are declining and you've got obviously massive headwinds in terms of the economy and marketing budgets are being squeezed left, right and center, just means there's less ad dollars that goes into less ability to obviously build products that gets users engaged and hooked, which means that there's less users engaged and then it just snowballs from there. So there's so many factors on here, but I think that we're kind of running out of people that are wanting to do social media. That's what I'm seeing from Pew Research anyway.
1: Social media apps come and social media apps go. I don't think there's any disagreement between the two of us. To me, the real question is, will they be able to continue to monetize? Maybe we'll answer that next month. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly. Join us again tomorrow when Juan and I talk about his decision to launch the MarTech Weekly Pro. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Juan Mendoza, that's J-U-4-N-M-E-N-D-0-Z-4. Or you could visit his website, which is themartechweekly.com.